Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. Writers at RVFTA.com. And the authors of The Idiot's Guide to RV Vacations. About 10 years ago, we had a couple of babies and a marriage that was on the rocks. So we bought an RV and we started camping. The rest, as they say, is history. Join us as we talk about where to camp, what gear to bring, and the best food to cook. We'll also keep you dialed in to the latest RV innovations from people in the know. So pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire. This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the RV Atlas. And I feel like this is a really special episode because it's our first episode talking about our first camping trip in our brand new Eagle 264BHOK. We went to Assateague Island State Park. So we didn't take our own advice. Our own advice is like when you get a new rig, you should park close to home, check out all the systems, et cetera, et cetera. We went off uh, four hours from home on a dry camping trip because we really wanted to test the off-grid capabilities of the rig. And we had a really wonderful three-night trip to Assateague. So we're going to really talk more about like using the rig for the first time more than we're going to talk about Assateague because we've reviewed that before. But before we do that, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Truma. And the Truma AquaGo is in the Eagle 264BHOK because Stephanie wouldn't have bought it otherwise. <laughs> Won't live without it. This episode is brought to you by Truma. Truma is a global leader in comfort technology. They bring you more comfort on the move to North American RVers. The revolutionary on-demand Truma AquaGo can swap out any 6 to 16-gallon RV water heater, and it also comes standard on a lot of new RV models. Visit Truma.net to find a Truma-certified dealer and upgrade your RV water heater. There are definitely also rallies where they bring the mobile Truma van, and you can Yes. And you can purchase it there and they can install it there. We I don't always, have a list of those we in We always my head, share. When, the, when we see that on Facebook, we do share it. So I know that they always do it at Florida, at the Florida RV Super Show. And they like, reach out to us ahead of time and tell us, oh, tell any of your listeners that they can get it installed right there. And they're really growing that part of what they do. They're trying to be more sort of understanding of the way RVers actually live, right? And go yeah. to them. So if you're going to like a manufacturer-hosted rally or FMC, or something. I'm not promising yeah, you you're there, but, but you should check because sure. I mean, that would be a great way to have it installed. So, like I mentioned, Stephanie, we really wanted to go to Assateague State Park. And I mean, we love it there. It's, it's a semi tradition going there in the fall, but it's a completely dry camping experience. There's no hookups on the sites. There is a loop with electric, but we can never, we never get those sites. So, it was an unusual first trip for the Eagle, but we wanted to test the kind of off grid capabilities of the rig. So we're going to get into all of that. But I think we need to talk about our experience with the Lippert ground control auto level system first, because um, we got a funny story to tell. Well, yeah, like our hearts almost stopped right there in action. So as if you haven't heard the previous two podcasts, you might want to listen to them first before listening to this episode. So we first explained why we traded in our Octane toy hauler, what we were looking for. Um, then we explained why this particular Eagle model um, finally won us over and attracted our attention enough to say all of a sudden out of nowhere. And I think September. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to buy this. So um, it was kind of like a 
unusually long and then quick process. Right? <laughs> like we, yeah. Learned. You woke up one morning and looked at me and said, "We're buying." All right, all right, we'll get it. Um, and then yeah, you know, I was like, I had a life is short moment one morning. So um, then this episode is the first camping trip and like our user experience, not just what we thought about the eagle, but then how it initially performed. Now this is not like a complete review. We now know everything that we need to know about this RV in our life. Like, but we did answer some major questions. Yes, for sure. And the first one was like this auto leveling system because frankly i mean just to, to be honest we didn't have a great experience with the auto leveling system which we've said before we've on said a that lot before, of podcasts because on we the last paid, on the toy hauler we paid for that as and an it's, option well, it's an auto leveling system's not a cheap option i mean right. you're, you're talking at like you know around a two thousand yeah. dollar option so we did get that on the octane but the basic problem was that it had limited stroke and so if the site was somewhat unlevel it didn't it didn't work right. it wouldn't the auto level time it auto leveled was on like premium pull through sites at KOAs. So it was like just kind of like, <laughs> like this self defeating thing, right? <laughs> it wouldn't auto level in our own driveway, the last right. system. But it's still, I still ended up kind of liking it because I could use the touchpad up at the tongue jack and then I could just press the buttons and get the ball in the center and, and I could level it. But it wasn't like the press a button and it levels itself. Okay, so, so on we the new bring rig, the we, RV home and we decide. And, and this is a different system. This yes. is, we had a, a a ball system or a BAL yes. system, yep. whatever they call it. So now it's the the ground control from Lippert and ground control travel trailer ground because for they have the trailer, the right. ground con- the original ground control was for fifth wheels and then they adapted that to offer it for travel trailers yeah. as well. Now we got a great walkthrough, but they they weren't totally. I guess this is a newer is system new. from Lippert, yeah. so they weren't totally familiar with it. So we bring the RV home. For the very first time. And like the big question is, is like, will the auto leveling system work in our driveway? Yeah. Because at the very end of our driveway, the driveway slopes and it slopes just enough that like hitching and unhitching is a little bit of a pain in the neck and the last auto leveler wouldn't even do it. It just it just totally ran out of stroke. So anyway, we unhitch. I get the tongue jack down and I'm like, Stephanie, should I press the auto level button? We put the chocks in. Oh, the chocks. So Don't important. Don't worry. We put the chocks in. Uh, oh, by the way, so important. <laughs> Okay, please. If you've ever had an RV lurch forward towards you, not saying it ever happened to me. It did. I was there. Always put your, you know, the chalks in. Um, So I was like, Stephanie, should I even bother pressing the auto level button or should I just. I was like, yes, we're not going to live in fear. Of the auto leveling. Uh, that's the quote of the show right there. <laughs> we are not going to live in fear of our auto leveling. So, yeah. she, and Steph, and you were like adamant. You were like, yes. you're going to see if this works. Like, we are going to do this. And remember, this. now, our, the Eagle is a, a foot shorter than the toy hauler. It's like a foot and one inch shorter mm-hmm. than the toy hauler. So it's not quite as unlevel in our driveway. It doesn't quite hit that last bit that dips down into the road. So I was somewhat hopeful, right? Um, so I hit auto level and you were not hopeful. You were like, no, I was, I was, I was, everything was going to be a problem. You were predicting complete and utter ruin and destruction. Everything she's saying is true. (laughs) So now help me get the order right here. All right. So we press the auto level button and the front leveling jacks came down and touched the ground. But then the tongue jack Just started to come up off up, the ground. Right off the boards. And I'm like, we, I mean, bad words were said. We, I mean, we were both panicking. Craziest experience in the world to watch your tongue jack 
rising, rising up, up automatically. And so the only thing, the only points of contact now are the four tires that are yes. chocked and the two front leveling jacks. And Which I'm, makes complete sense. Oh, when you think that once, once we got our hearts pumping again. Well, wait, we weren't there yet. No. We're both freaking out. I'm yeah. like, should we hit a board? I mean, the ball leveling system that we had on the previous RV, the tongue jack never came up in the auto leveling process. We've owned travel trailers for eight years now, and the tongue jack has never so like come Stephanie's up. Stephanie's pulling <laughs> up <hitched> YouTube <laughs> videos while all this is happening. Yeah. I'm panicking, like, you're should screaming. we hit a board? And Stephanie you're finds... You're running around in a circle, waving your... Flapping uh, your hands wildly. There's not a lot of exaggeration going on here at all. So Stephanie finds the YouTube video, and she's like, no, it's supposed to do that. And so after the front tongue jack goes up, the rear leveling jacks go down, mm-hmm. and then the front tongue jack stays up, right. as it is designed to do because on this system. This makes complete sense. And you still almost can't like wrap your head around this. On our Octane, they had the rear leveling jacks, but the front was just stabilizers. Stability jacks. So really, there was a front point of contact, which was the tongue jack and a rear point of contact which was the rear right, here there are four here there are four points of contact four points of contact and, so it makes complete sense that you wouldn't need that and, it's more like a fifth it, wheel and the fact that our driveway is dipping a little you look at it and it just looks like the front of the rv is hanging out in the air oh i thought that i there was a moment when i just thought our rv is just our brand new rv is about to just go plummeting into the road we br- it, it'll break. This will be a terrible, terrible story. <laughs> like- but, but Stephanie found the video. We also <laughs> texted somebody in the industry and got thankfully. It's okay. We can give quick Chris. Response. Yeah, I mean that's like the perk of what we do, right? Is that the designer of this RV we have his number to text and when he, we're having a hard. He said attack. that's how they wanted to design it, and it, when you look at it, it looks like. A fifth wheel. I mean, yes. the front of a fifth wheel is hanging The front in the of air. a fifth wheel. And some people choose to put one of those sort of tripod stabilizers on the front, but most people don't. They're designed to have four points of contact plus the tires. And you can go then, you can go up to the tongue jack and bring the tongue jack down for a fifth point of contact. Which, Jeremy. <laughs> Which initially I was like nervous was like, to do that. Don't touch it. Don't. I mean, You're like look, playing with it. So look, now we have our five points of contact in the driveway. But miracle upon miracles, auto level works, works in our driveway. In our driveway. And I can't tell you. Like, and it unhit, is level. It, it's really level. Really level. It works really well. I'm I'm thrilled. I mean, like, I did not expect this to happen. But you just understand, like, my cynicism with the auto leveling is partly, I just never had any trouble leveling the RV the old way. It wasn't that way. big of a deal. It just yeah. never was a big deal to me to have your Anderson leveling jacks or some pieces of wood and to kind of get the RV level. But and yeah, sometimes it wouldn't be perfectly now level. Now there's an auto retract. So we've now leveled it. We auto retract it. Then we went to Acetique. We leveled Auto leveled and auto retracted. So we, and then we came home and we auto leveled. So we've now gone through this process five or six times and it has worked, even though we were having a heart attack, it has worked seamlessly every single and time. And here's the deal our driveway is more crooked than the vast majority of campsites. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like this auto-leveling system is just (laughs) working miraculously. So, so far, four thumbs up. (laughs) So far, so good. I mean, we'll continue to be honest with you about that. We'll keep you updated Um, on how our emotional journey with auto No, And the other thing about the way ours is set up, and I'm not sure every single one is set up this way because we're just still learning this, 
is that when you retract the system, you go up into the rig and the control panel you know, is inside the rig. We can't get used to that. It's so that weird. was like another weird thing. Like you're in the rig while it's retracting, but then it it puts the um the, puts the front right mm-hmm. where you left it. So that when you back up the truck, it's right where it was when you unhitched. Yeah, you were so like, you were I'm you kind couldn't of blown away. It. You were like, wow, it does what it said it did. And I'm like, I, I had, I was telling you, I was like slapping your hand away from that abort. You were just kept saying, should I abort? Should I abort? I'm like, well, don't abort. So two more thoughts on this, then we'll move on. Like, I, I still am not sold that everybody should click that option when they order a new it's expensive RV. And heavy. It's just it's expensive and it thank you. It adds weight. So it does, you know, work against your cargo carrying capacity. So you need to kinda I mean I would ask, like, how heavy is this thing? I mean, we have a lot of cargo carrying capacity on our Eagle and we just we don't overpack. Um, so anyway, I'm not saying everyone should click that option. It's an option you have to have. In fact, if you want to save a little money, that might be one of the first places where you don't click the option. But this system works really, really well. I'm All very right. impressed. So now let's talk about the towing experience, right? Because now we've towed from the dealership. Our dealership is about an hour and a half away. Um, so we've towed from the dealership home, and then we towed to Acetique, and we towed back from Acetique. Are you relieved? It's just so much Is easier. Is it everything you remembered? Yeah, it, it, it tows like a dream. We got better MPG. We're getting like one mile per gallon better, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean, it is. Um, so I'm happy with that. We did talk in the last couple episodes about the toy, how the toy hauler was so heavy at the tongue, and I felt that. I did want to make a little bit of a correction there. The Eagle is definitely lighter at the tongue, but we added the generator. So I don't know. I'm going to check mm. how much the generator weighs because, in essence, it really might not be that much lighter at the tongue. Okay. But it tows like it's lighter at the tongue, which I, I hope that makes sense. Well, there's less weight. I mean, the, the toy hauler was just a bigger box, right? So it's a different shape. And we all know that the More shape wind of resistance. A, right. We all know that the shape of an RV affects the way the RV tows, right? So it's just maybe that different shape. Like this is more streamlined. So you're having that better tow experience. Now, we towed with 40-something gallons of fresh water. 43. In the tank. I know. And I don't know got, if we had exactly 43 gallons. Yeah, a lot of people just get the water <laughs> when they get to the campground. But I always like, by the time we get to the campground, we were I always just want to just get right to the campsite. So I filled it up with water. Still got one MPG better. Um, but So it, maybe when we travel without the water, we'll get even more than I mean, that. For some of my personal stress points, like the 102-inch wide toy hauler going through toll booths on the East Coast, I always had to crawl to almost a stop to get mm-hmm. through them. I'm not saying that I'm buzzing through them now, but you kind of gave me a heart attack. Well, the on first that time you're like, slow like, down. I was like, dude, like now you're being overconfident. Well, I was kind of like, <laughs> like, this is kind of the normal speed somebody would go through. I think you're just so used to me going so slow. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, like the towing experience to Estig was wonderful, and you know, towing can be not stressful. Towing does not have to be stressful if you have what you know a setup you're comfortable with, and that's different for everybody. You know, I know there's plenty of people out there that are that are not stressed out by towing huge rigs uh, but i'm in my i'm very much in my towing comfort zone i was really excited to be getting slightly better mpg and also getting in and out of gas stations it just felt a bit easier it did it really did now let's talk about the other thing in transit that i wanted to bring up was the refrigerator access so something that we always tell people to do is check what you can access or not access when the slides are in in an rv now we take our own advice and we knew going into this that the situation in this RV is such that when the slide is all the way in, 
you might think that you don't have access to the refrigerator. So my initial thought, even when we were in the RV and we brought the slides into test, was like, oh, we lose access to the refrigerator. How do I feel about that? Well, I don't feel great, but, you know, everything else, if that's the one thing that's a problem, well, it turns out that you can actually open the refrigerator enough to get almost anything in and out. I, I think you can get a gallon of milk out. I'm, uh, that's the one thing I was going to say is I'm not sure that you can get a gallon. Well, we because, have to like, do that. <laughs> we no, should we actually test, test the gallon. Like, but like all above, like I could get out hummus, um, the turkey, the cheese, like every, like I can reach in to get the mustard. And if you think about packing in advance, you just pack it in such a way that you can get everything out. Right. And of course, uh, duh, you could also just open the slide a little bit, but I've never liked to do that while we're in transit in a, in a gas station, like a rest area. I always feel like you're kind of setting yourself up for trouble. So I, I like the fact that even though I thought that might be a downside, I can actually get anything out of the refrigerator that I need to without opening the slide. So that was one of the pleasant surprises. And we actually had a lot of pleasant surprises, like a lot of things that were question marks really worked in our favor. Now, one of the big things we really wanted to test was the ability of this rig to just do a dry camping trip for three nights. So we have... Without really roughing it. Because, I mean, like, we're honest about this. Like, well, we're we not... want to be able to dry camp and it not even feel like we're dry camping. <laughs> right. So That's us. we have... The, the solar setup we had on the Octane was ridiculous. And by the way, if you want to use toy hauler with tons of solar on it, go call them at White Horse. <laughs> White Horse okay, has I, your take, I take no responsibility <laughs> for what happens with that transaction because it's totally out of my hands. But um, the Octane is at White Horse RV and it should be for sale right now. And it had a mountain of solar on it. Yeah. So we, have, um, we had six panels and they were 110? Yeah, on, uh, 100. Uh, six 100-watt 100. 100 panels. And we had, I'm sorry, we had three 100 watt panels and six AGM batteries. Right. So now we and have a 3,000 watt inverter charger. The Cadillac <laughs> inverter charger, which was huge okay, yeah. and heavy. Um, so here, the solar system is not quite as heavy duty. We have two 190 watt panels, four AGM batteries, and I don't know the exact deets on the inverter, but it's a smaller inverter. Uh, but we have a generator. I mean, we have a Cummins right. Onan LP generator up front. And, two, and I said LP. You heard me right. Runs off the propane. And we have two 30-pound uh, propane tanks. So it's this the is co- a, it's a combination. It's a show. combination right. of the two. And so we were really curious about like, well, how are we going to be using the solar? When do we when are we going to need to turn the generator on? And it was really fun figuring it out actually all weekend. So um, the the solar runs a couple of the 110 outlets up front in the RV and it runs both of the televisions. Um, is that it for the solar using the inverter in terms of what – when there's two 110 plugs on the outside right, right. that are also – so the entire system, not every one 110-watt outlet is usable through the solar and the inverter. But if you need those things, you kick on the generator. Right. Yep. Yeah. So you have you have your options and they're kind of working in tandem together. So you're kind of flipping back and forth and knowing like at Acetique, it's tricky because like technically all times that aren't quiet hours, you could run your generator. But of course, if you're a polite camper, you do not want to take people's peaceful camping experience and just be running your generator all the time. So what we would do is very specifically like think like, okay, 
we can use our solar right now during the day, whatever, we were fine. And then like at night at like seven, we were kicking on the generator to charge up the battery to charge everything up from the day to give ourselves a little boost. The boys were watching some TV, maybe like, so we were just juicing ourselves up then for the night. And then again in the morning, okay, coffee, kick on the generator, do and all I your think, morning stuff. I think stuff. we were surprised by how much the TV would drain the batteries. Yes. I mean, I'm not scientifically positive that was happening. It but seemed we like both, it. It when like we it. were, Yeah, when we were watching it. And we had that 12-volt, that um, Furion 12-volt TV but that's outside. On the outside. Right. So then it could be like a thing when you're dry camping, like, boys, if you want to watch something, you have to watch it on the 12-volt outside, right? Like or, we, yeah, or we were saying maybe we just bring the iPad next time. Yeah. But they used the TV because we, we had a really well, a they full were rainy day. It was, yeah. The other thing I want to say is Aztec had such generous generator hours. At 7 a.m., you're allowed to put your generator on. But as Stephanie said, we had tent campers on the next site over. So we would not, we were not turning the generator on right at 7. Yeah, that's not So nice. what I waited to do is once they got up, which was around 7.30, then I made my coffee. Because there is this little quirk where the 110 outlets in the kitchen um, do not run off the solar and the inverter. They need the generator kicked on. So I could run an extension cord yeah, to the 110 in the bedroom. the 110 outlets that are run on the inverter. It's not rocket science. Like, to run an extension cord to be able to make your coffee when you're dry camping, like, I cry still, me a river. No, I, no, I'm not <laughs> asking anyone to sympathize for me there. I mean, I was like, I packed an extension cord in the bedroom. I have it tucked away, and I can make coffee that way as well if I if I need to. All so right. the overall experience of our solar and generator combo... It's pretty amazing. Oh my gosh, I'm, it was amazing. It was like, wow, I also want to cool. say, too, we were all wondering all weekend long how much propane we were using, because we had the gen- we did have the generator on quite a bit. So we had the heat on every night for three nights, and we ran the generator every day for, I mean, maybe like a couple hours yeah, total. It was like some in the morning and some at night. I think that our total generator hour time at the end of the weekend was like six and a half hours. But there, but there had been an hour on it. No, no, no. I, oh, I know okay, that. Total. Yeah. Okay. No. So th- yeah, about two mm-hmm. hours a day. I looked at the total. So two hours a day, the generator heat every night. And we used a full 30-pound propane tank, and the other it didn't even switch over to the other one. So just right. about drained the first one. And the, the Aquagel runs on propane. Yeah. And so, I mean, honestly, for three nights of dry camping, I'm not at all I unhappy. I used the stove a lot. I actually you cooked quite a few stove. meals in the stove. But I'm not unhappy at all about using the full 30-pound tank on, in a dry camping situation, because our campsite was so cheap, mm-hmm. right? So your campsite's really cheap, and then you add in the price of that 30-pound well, propane tank. we weren't conserving. The whole oh, point no. we of were the like, trip we was are, like using yeah. everything. Like we were so you could definitely conserve. And oh, use we less. were conserving <laughs> water because when you go dry camping with Stephanie, she monitors every single <laughs> drop of water that comes out, I like and it's out. so. Uh, we have a forty-three gallon freshwater tank, and she's like, "No, you got to take showers in the bathhouse, That's and no, right. you have to wash that dish with two drops of water." And on like the third day of the trip, as we're getting ready to leave, I checked our freshwater supply, and we still had like half of our freshwater. I'm like, Good. I'm like, we could. <laughs> taken more showers we could have used more water but um that's right. the tent now camper in her. we you're hearing us talk a lot about uh like tv and everything well we actually had quite uh bad weather while we were there we had one beautiful day and then a storm rolled in on sunday morning and um we had a huge rainstorm and windstorm for almost 24 up to hours. 40 mile per hour winds yeah it was sustained high 20s and then there were gusts up to 40 um so it was actually kind of cool because 
we were able to really see how the RV held up. First of all, in terrible rain. And there was, it was bone dry everywhere. Bone dry. There was no... Even exterior storage cabinets, right, like, bone dry. Everything was bone dry after that sustained, really and torrential rain. the did not shake a lot. I mean, no. that, that ground control um, leveling yeah. system really kept it like rooted on the ground. So we were in our friend's RV for a little while next to us and they have a motor home and it was so much shakier. They brought their slides in. Yeah, in theirs um, than it was in ours. Like they also, they're bigger, they're boxier and the wind was just kind of taking it in a way that ours wasn't. So that was kind of nice to see. Um, but it was kind of, I don't know, it was, it was good to know that we could be in a storm like that and be super comfortable. Now, um, we need to stop for a second and thank our sponsor, Truma. And Well, we're we, going to do double duty here because we'll talk about how the Truma performed and we'll uh, <laughs> thank the sponsor. Uh, the, the Truma <laughs> sips at the propane. So yeah, like, the, the, I mean, I used a 30-gallon tank. I don't want you to think for one second that had much at all to do with the Truma. I wish we could have taken a few more hot showers in the Truma, but Stephanie did send us to the bathhouse a few yeah, times because so Assateague State Park has hot water. One of the first things that I decided I had to find out about the Eagle was whether we could put the Truma in there um, before we made the decision to purchase it. And we could, right? You can replace any existing 6 to 16 gallon RV water heater. Um, and we were really um, happy because we got to use their new service. Jerry mentioned before, like they're really building out their service center. So I actually visited their new service center while we were out there um, in Elkhart for open house. And I said to them, you know, because they're we I had already said I'm going to, you know, we're going to get another one for the new RV and they were going to have it shipped to Whitehorse for the dealer to install. And they said, well, can we send one of our um, their mobile mobile tech units to the manufacturer and just install it right here in Elkhart? And I was like, Yes, that's perfect, right? The experts themselves, the Truma service techs, can install that. And, and it was like, and that mobile service is what we were saying is available at yes. a lot of different places right now. If you kind of keep they're your eyes opening out. them more and more up, and you could go to their facility yes. in Elkhart, and they have a couple camping, camping sites there. I'm too. telling you, I love this company so, so much. Yeah, they're I mean, dreaming. Call and check how that works, but you could hypothetically go there. It's not hypothetical. I, right. I was there. I got the whole tour. You could. It's you all could designed stay there. for. There's three actual camping spots and the whole design is that you would make your appointment you would show up um you'd park in your camping spot then in the morning they would take you into the service bay do anything they needed to do and then you could return to your camping spot for that and night you, you could you know you could go get donuts at rise and roll yeah. while you're waiting <laughs> yeah you can have, you know have a good time in elkhart so really this is uh they're just completely transforming. They're trying to transform the idea of RV service in America. They're doing it piece by piece, but it's really amazing to watch. I love this company. And, and the, the magic of the AquaGo for uh, for us personally, for me anyways, two things. All five of us can take a hot shower as long as we want and not run out of water. On our old six-gallon tank, the boys would get through their hot showers, and we wouldn't be able to get a hot shower. We would have to yeah. wait. And then the other magic, and this is a little hard to describe, is the consistent temperature. It never you're not fiddling fluctuates. With the it is perfect every faucet time. the whole time you're taking a shower, which it's is what you do. It's also super the... easy to winterize too, yeah, which I probably is. haven't talked about enough in the past. Well, it's let's talk about that on next week's episode because um, we are talking about winterization next week a little bit. So that's a good point on that. All right, everybody, if you want to learn more about the Truma Akago, go to truma.net. All right. The biggest question we're getting about our new Jayco Eagle HT 264BHOK 
is where are all three of your boys going to sleep? And that was the biggest question for us. I mean, that was really um, the major concern with this rig. So it has two double over double bunk beds. And they're really... But can I say they're bigger than the traditional double over double bunks? They're big. And if you They're have bigger ki- if than you the ones sm- in the J flight. They are. And if you have small, smaller kids or even medium sized kids that will share a bed, yeah, there's plenty of room. Wesley barely takes up the corner. Oh my gosh, of his she's bed. in this like little. But our quadrant. boys refuse to share a bed. So uh, then the, for us, the question became well, let me back up for a second to give you a little behind the scenes. We were thinking about taking the Chase Lounge out. And putting in a different type of couch that has a flip-up bunk. People have probably seen them online. Yeah, you can buy them aftermarket. But we discovered it would only give the bunk bed six inches of headroom. <laughs> Didn't work. We so, did measurements and we Scratch that. And yeah. plus, the chase is beautiful and comfortable, and we didn't want to get rid of it. So then we really, truly did think, well, we'll use the hide-a-bed because the Chase Lounge has a hide-a-bed. And it doesn't take up the whole Chase. There's still a place to sit. But that wasn't the most exciting idea necessarily because well, I, I don't want to be putting that up and down every night, even though the kids could do it by themselves at this point. Uh, right. And so, yes, I think that that wasn't the most exciting option. But for me, I felt like we had kind of turned a corner. And for years, right, my kids were like, like bedtime is like difficult when they're little, right? It's like, oh, like get them cozy and under their blanket and with their lovies and blah, blah, blah. But then your kids get old enough and they, they become more flexible, right? And they just go in and they like lie on the couch and go to sleep. Our boys are really, I love the fact actually about our sons, they are really flexible, easy sleepers. Right. So now I did feel like we had turned the corner. And like, even though in the past, I would never have bought like that Octane, like I would never have gotten that RV without three dedicated beds that could be all made up and with all their own stuff. I feel like with all of our rental experiences over the last couple of years, we had kind of turned a corner. And I've been like, you know what? It's not the end of the world for one of them to jackknife it at night, right? Like, and just and the, sleep. And this hide-a-bed, it takes seconds to unfold. It is, it's not like making yeah. a dinette bed. And there's this, um, there's a, a compartment underneath, like the part of the chase lounge that sits it's out. It's the longer part. So you just lift it up and I was like, look, this is so easy for a kid to just dump their blanket and pillow underneath this during the day. So, so I, told, I felt I like said, it was manageable. I said to Wesley, will you sleep on the hide-a-bed if I sit next to you <laughs> and read at night while you fall asleep? Wesley likes somebody to sit next to him and read at night still. No, he calls it watching me. He likes somebody to watch him while he falls asleep just to ensure that the whole process works. So you would still have that big seat. So then we kind of, you know, we're settling into that idea. But then I looked at one point under the double over double bunks and on the floor under the double over double bunks, about half of that area is taken up by the outdoor kitchen, which I love. But then the other half is empty floor space. And I just had this epiphany like, a mattress would totally fit there. Like a single mattress would totally fit there. You had no faith in this. I, I don't. I, I didn't. And I don't want anybody. This is the, my problem that I feel like every time somebody's going to ask where our three kids sleep and we talk about the three beds. Because, oh, someone's on the floor, but it's uh, on a mattress. Right. I That spot to me looked like a cubby hole. Like it was so insane that you were saying that a child would sleep under there. It's a big space. I really was like, you're out of your mind. Stop talking crazy talk. It's not the size. It's the fact that it's on the floor. The kind folks. No, it's the size to me. The size is so small. So So the kind folks at GECO, um, I guess, found 
a bunk mattress. So it arrived. With a, now, I will say this. Anybody could buy a bunk mattress this size. No, if right, any, right. If I was you telling were you we're to, not going to buy one because I was like, that's a waste of money because nobody's going to sleep in it. If any of you were to want to buy the, the mattress, if you were to buy this unit and you would want the bunk, message me and I'll send you the dimensions of it. I'm sure you could go out and find it and buy it. Now, the question is, how on earth did we convince one of our kids to sleep down there on the floor when the other two brothers have a gigantic double over double bunk? Well, I'm a little bit of a deal maker, and I'm a tra- I can be transactional when I have to be. So I said to my three sons, I said, whoever takes the bottom bed, the bottom bunk, I will give you a small $50 budget to buy whatever pillows and blankets and little things you would want to make it your own comfortable little space. At that point, two of my sons then began to argue over who was going to get the bunk on the floor. So, and and they, I mean, Theo won out. He was the first one to really he, say, well, like, yeah, he, I'll do it for a year. Because he, he, he wanted, wanted he wants a massage pillow. He found a $30 massage pillow on Amazon that he wants. Ooh. And for him, this is worth sleeping on the bottom bunk. Then a second thing happened. So we actually get to Assateague, and Theo gets into his, you know, floor he loves bunk. It. He loves it. With and Maggie, Maggie, Maggie crawled in right behind him. him. And as soon as he realized that Maggie would sleep with him, and they both, they do, they have plenty of room. He just, he's a 10 year old boy who loves to sleep with his dog, and he's happy as can be. So he this, slept like a rock. So we did not all have to weekend. use the hide a bed. All three boys were comfortable with their sleeping arrangements. This was clutch for me because if I wake up at 6.30 in the morning and I want to sit on the Chase Lounge and have a cup of coffee while the kids are asleep, I can because somebody's not sleeping there. Though I s- still can't believe it. I still I can't, can't believe, believe somebody's sleeping under the there. Only, so the thing about living in a tiny space or RV life in general is sometimes you solve one problem and create another. Uh, but we solved the bigger problem here, created a smaller problem. The sad thing is that space under the double over double bunks would have made the greatest shoe closet ever because well, we and, have 10 shoes. And dirty laundry hamper. Like there, oh, there could have been used. That space was my plan for a lot of those little storage Sorry, issues. Hon. So now that's completely So we being spent revisited. three days yeah. in Assateague with 10 shoes, like no shoe storage solution. I mean, we had 10 shoes dumped on the floor yeah. right before the door. So Stephanie, I mean, you, we're going to yeah. have to come up with a shoe storage solution. I don't do any of that right away. I think that's a really important thing that I'll just say here um i you know some people like to shop a lot for their rv when they first get it or whatever we basically looked at this trip our our rv was not stocked it was like we were packing for a cabin camping trip with some packing cubes and toiletries um it was really not stocked and i actually prefer it that way because i like to be in the space and really see how it's used and where the trouble spots pop up and then i'll address those specifically i think if you just go ahead and you try to like outfit it before you've actually camped in it you wind up with like a lot of storage solutions that like weren't a problem in the first place and vice versa you know so that's just my personal style but the bed situation it just worked out like yeah. a dream like i, I don't mean, we'll keep everybody posted any, it's crazy They're I mean, all, at a certain point the might be like i want one of those bigger beds but i I, th- I honestly think we can make this work for for quite a while um, and like I said, our kids are flexible sleepers. I mean, maybe everybody doesn't have kids that are flexible sleepers. But then, of course, obviously, if you just have two kids, this yeah, RV a is a no-brainer. Man. All right. Now, let's quickly say seating. I did solve that problem by finding these fold-up, like, Papazon chairs from Target. People saw them. I probably answered 30 
comments about where I got those you found the perfect chairs. Um, yeah, so I will definitely, I'll even like maybe link to that, like maybe in our Facebook group or something, just to show everybody they are perfect. They fold up small enough They're to go. Yeah. I, I either can put them on the side of my bed during the day and they don't bother me or put them in the storage area under the bed. Yeah. They fold up really small. They match the decor. Well, they yeah, match the interior. Well, like that, that always shocks me as a man. <laughs> like, like, it didn't like, just happen. I, I, I would have bought like, I would have bought like Coleman Green chairs. It wasn't a coincidence. <laughs> I know it wasn't a coincidence. I'm just saying I'm surprised that you just went out to Target and found something yeah, that perfectly I matched. Know, I look for. I knew that that was an issue, now, and I had I, my eyes open. Once again, I can't express enough how well this worked as a seating solution. The Chase Lounge, hypothetically, all five of us could sit on it crunched up, but we would be really crunched up. So what happened was the boys each had their little sort of these tea, comfortable, cozy teacup chairs. They're super comfortable. They're super comfortable. And you and I had the entire Chase Lounge. Yep. And they just lined their chairs up in front of us. And there was still plenty of room to move around and get to the bathroom and get to the kitchen. It worked like a dream for when we were like watching Andy Griffith on that rainy day. I mean, perfect solution to that problem. All right. So the bottom line is that this camper felt so much more luxurious than anything we've ever had. Um, and it functioned um, even better than we thought it was. We will definitely keep kind of – obviously, everybody knows we'll keep circling back and we'll keep talking about this new trailer in our leaf. But like we were far more confident after our first camping trip that we had made the right decision. And just to reiterate, it's all about – just making sure it would work for us with three kids yeah and it really really did yeah. now we have to figure out the bike thing the, as the well the bike thing is still and we'll keep everybody posted We're on at that getting a, yeah. a bike rack for the rear hitch uh we put all five bikes in the back of the f-250 all five of our bikes did fit there but then obviously i can't close the tonneau cover so it was exposed to rain and the elements part stephanie was almost like well let's just leave them in the back of the truck and they can get wet i mean we don't have super no, that's expensive not, that's bikes. not actually what i want to do because i don't like i don't like not being able to put anything else in the back of the truck I know, but i keep telling you to order that bike rack and you won't do it i know well i have trouble pushing the button all right so we'll keep you all posted too. Obviously, we're going to stock this camper, which we have not done. You know, like that will be a whole other thing, like how we organize things and everything. So we'll definitely keep you all posted on that. But we're excited for this next part oh of the journey. Gosh. And the only thing that's a little sad is like, I mean, we're really hoping to get two more trips out. Uh, before winterization <laughs> and sometimes we do camp after winterization but i you know there is a huge part of me that wishes we had bought this at the beginning of the season instead of the end of the season but it didn't it didn't work out that yeah, way yeah we weren't even thinking about that at the beginning of the season oh my gosh not even I, close. like it's so funny to think back to that all right everybody so hopefully we'll see you with our eagle at the campground see you at the campground Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the RV Atlas. And a big thanks to the sponsors of this show, Jayco, Bass Pro Cabela's, Thetford, Go Power, and Go RVing. We appreciate their support in creating educational and inspirational RV content. You can also find links to everything mentioned in this episode over at RVFTA.com, plus hundreds of blog posts on everything from gear recommendations to our favorite camping recipes. If you enjoy our show, please leave us a review wherever you listen, and make sure to get social with us on Facebook at The RV Atlas and on Instagram at Jeremy and Stephanie. Plus, we've got the friendliest campers around in our private Facebook group. So check it out. Until next time, I'm Jeremy. And I'm Stephanie. And we'll see you at the campground. See you at the campground.